So I'm in the office uh, this morning. I'm a little concerned because I, uh, I was told I gotta, I gotta cut back to like 50% capacity at, at the office. Yeah, I'm gonna have to cut my legs off. <laughs> what are you gonna, I don't know, it's confusing. Hello, Merry COVID Christmas part deux. Did you think we'd be going through this a year after the first COVID Christmas? I didn't either. Uh, welcome to season two, episode 51. Yay, 51 of uh, Niagara 411 Live. We are fueled by Gale's Gas Bars. We are powered by WeStream. We are supported by Performance Heating and Air, as well as Verge Insurance Group. We thank them as always for their support and staying on board with us through these very, very interesting times. Not to mention our home port here, our, our port in our weekly Thursday storm, Fiddler's Poor House. And uh, we're gonna find ourselves ensconced once again in their lovely window on this pretty nice December the 23rd. A couple of interesting guests coming up for you today. So come on in and we'll fill you in on what's going on and you're gonna have plenty of time to become involved with the program too and we'll let you know. Now there's a thing going on right here. If you wanna check this out, uh, it's a really cool deal here at uh, Fiddler's Poor House. Uh, if, you, if you buy a $100 gift card, see there? You buy a $100 gift card, of course costs you 100 bucks, you get another $50 gift card that you can use for the next three months or so. Buy a 50, get a 20. Cool. It's like free money and great food. So uh, check that out. That's our, that's our little Fiddler's promo for today. Now we're gonna fiddle around and get ourselves ready for the show. We'll be back in about 30 seconds. Cheers. Hello, uh, it's a Merry COVID Christmas. Uh, these are my little friends. Come see my no little friends. Uh, we don't have a lot of room here, but I wanted it to be uh, a little bit uh, festive. So this is uh, my, little, uh, my little Santa and his helper. And, uh, and apparently his helper is looking for money. So, cause he's, so Kevin, if you want to drop any cash in there okay. uh, throughout the show, feel, feel free. Yeah, so I say uh, happy ho ho to you. I see you've worn the festive red, and you got yes. your doodads there, some Christmas knickknacks. Yes, yes, yes. It's our feeling uh, very festive. It's our Christmas uh, show, Kevin Jack, ladies and gentlemen, uh, one of the chief cooks and bottle washers at uh, WeStream, of course, and we'll have a chance to talk about that uh, business as things go forward. Because again, we are in a situation where, um, as Genesis said in the 1980s. We are in the land of confusion again, and uh, and it affects people like our friends at uh, WeStream, our friends at Fiddler's Poor House, uh, anybody that uh, runs a gym or a yoga studio or any of those things. One, it's it's the it's the Groundhog Day syndrome. I'm sorry, it's like over and over again, and we all look like Bill Murray. We just can't. We just can't get out of this treadmill. It's like, it's like the, the hamster in the wheel, you know? We just keep going and going and going and going and we get nowhere. Anyway, um, 
while we're talking about that, the COVID protests that have been uh, taking place, some of them in Niagara, some of them in uh, Toronto, of course, the, the first one we heard about was uh, Ford not being able to get to his house because protesters were out in front of his house. And then uh, Dr. Herji, Niagara region's acting medical officer of health. And uh, this is a film, a video, I should say film. Boy, there's uh, that, I'm aging myself when I say film. Yeah, I, know. I, I don't give a fuck either. <laughs> well, there you go. There's the. Yeah, we apologize for some of the language here. We didn't make it up. So I didn't know it was coming right out of the gates there. Yeah. Well, you're not allowed to start the party without me. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a video. I'm not sure if it was streamed live or it was just recorded. This is the protest outside Dr. Yeah. Herji's house. I don't know. And of course, our local constabulary there, not, not much they can do, really. No, I don't think this is, I don't think this is the constabulary. I think this is just... Oh, just, that's, that's the, these are the protesters with sirens and yeah, stuff? Yeah, they just got sirens and lights flashing and, and megaphones. Oh. Dr. Herky, I would like to introduce you to the truth, Marion. We are sick and tired of listening to the bullshit, Marion. Enough is enough! Shame on you! Now what do you think, Lee? Too far? Uh, yeah. Call me... Call me too conservative or... Small C conservative. It doesn't matter if we go through your emails. It doesn't matter if we show up at regional headquarters. You ignore every single question we have for you. It's time to answer some fucking questions. You got some mad parents Again, out sorry here about that. who would like to hear from you. It, it's uh, it's what happened. So what you know? Um, That's cool. Have a good night. Take it up with your neighbor. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, yeah. Dr. Herji, I heard you say the other day that there hasn't been one death from the vaccine. That's false. If we could go out for dinner, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If we could go to the gym, we wouldn't be here. Oh, I think that's a lie. <laughs> of course. It is. I, I don't think that guy's been to a gym in a while. <laughs> now, what do you think about those points? You know, people saying that... Um, I'm not... I'm not... Hello. I am not adverse in any way, shape, or form to be I am not... I'm not saying that they don't have points that need addressing. Who are not able to go and get a jacket at the Hope Center because they're not vaccinated. What kind of world do we live in? Enough. You are not a dictator. You are a dick. <laughs> we got to give them points for that one. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, <laughs> it's cruel, but. So what do you think? Protesting outside. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't believe. I don't believe in dealing in fear. I think. I think fear 
is I, th I think the, this is just me, but the, the four years that Donald Trump gave us in the White House have definitely accentuated the populist approach to social rhetoric and social unrest. Uh, the rats have been flushed from the sewer and uh, we have to get rid of them. And, and that's how I look at it. It is good to know that that kind of thing exists in our world because in the pre-Trump era, the pre-populist era, the, the pre-extremist right-wing era, uh, a lot of this was bubbling underground and we could ignore it because we didn't really know it was there. We could, we could use the ostrich syndrome and stick our heads in the sand and pretend everything was 1950s Camelot again. And, 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 we, and we know that isn't the case, but all of this has been flushed out now. So, uh, and I'm afraid that it has empowered extremists to behave incorrectly. And I think they should be fined. I think they should be arrested. Now, those people outside Hergy's place, I, they could have probably been charged uh, or fined for uh, being a, a public nuisance or a, a noise violation, a bylaw or something. Nothing criminal. They were on uh, they were on public property. But it's still, if there's if there was a family, if if uh, if Dr. Hergy's family was in that house, that would be frightening. It would be, and I don't think that's right. I don't think people should live in fear because they have an opinion and they have a job to do and they're doing it, although we don't necessarily agree with it, they have the job. And, but to go to one point uh, that, that, that man made, not terribly eloquently, but made it anyway, is the fact that there has been protest at the Niagara region. The way to the Niagara Medical uh, Organization and, and Dr. Hergy is supposedly through Niagara Regional Council. That has not, to this point, uh, fallen on ears that are working. So, what are you going uh, so, to... agree. Uh, so, the, so, people are frustrated, and I, I understand that. I'm frustrated. On that point, I want to remind everybody that this show is wide open. Yes. The Zoom link is right there in the, uh, in the post, and if you have an opinion on this, one way or the other, uh, by all means, just click on that Zoom link and come on the show and tell us whether you think it's fair or if it's offside. Uh, my personal opinion is I don't think it's fair, but I sympathize with them Yeah. Um, because their voice is not being heard. And we've also heard in the past, this is going back a year ago, that when Dr. Hergy made the very Niagara-specific dining restrictions, that it was not done in consultation with regional counselors. Mm -hmm. So what is protesting to regional counselors going to do if he seems to be operating rogue? Yeah. And well, I, I, we also I, heard the recent... Or not recent, uh, the recent implementations of uh, what's going on at the uh, the athletic facilities yeah. and change rooms was also made without consultation of regional partners. Right. So as much as you'd like people to, pro to protest outside of regional headquarters, it doesn't seem as though that's getting anywhere. Now, that said, a lot of the people that are protesting could probably be observed as extremists. I don't think, you know, I don't think that I need to listen to the protester outside regional counselor that's saying that... Um, that vaccines aren't working or it's not the answer or whatever, whatever. Right. Um, but underneath there, there, there is 
a voice that probably needs to be a little louder when it comes yeah. to how we're handling the pandemic, the restrictions that are imposed on businesses. Like this individual said, you can't get a code at the Hope Center if you're not double vaccinated. These things don't make sense. And yet probably everybody there is double vaccinated. So if you're double vaccinated, what do you have to worry about? Uh, Okay, there are a lot of, as, as, uh, as our eloquent uh, friend on the, on the video said, there are a lot of questions that people have because there is a lot of confusion. There is a lot of sort of, they went that away. And you do try to make sense of things. You do try to find some sort of thread of logical thinking when walking through, be it, be it federal, provincial, or municipal, uh, rules and regulations but so many times we find ourselves going huh and that's the problem we don't want to do huh anymore we want to say okay we got it we, you know we we got it you got it we've got we got vaccinations so we wouldn't get sick uh, we wear masks so we won't get sick but you won't let us go out with our vaccinations and our masks for fear we get sick. That's another huh moment, isn't it? Isn't it another huh? And I repeat myself, I apologize. If you try to make sense of it all, you're just gonna end up with a headache and not much to show for it. I'm afraid. Yeah, now, Lee, um, we do have our first guest here in the green room, and I know we want to talk about the um, the Carrie Porter stuff as well. Yeah. Um, uh, but maybe you can kind of tee up the show, we can get to our guest, and then touch on Carrie afterwards. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense, because this, this is a theme that can run through the show, because we would, we would appreciate you offering your opinion. I mean, you, you've heard ours, but, uh, and, and I may not agree with yours, but that's okay. As uh, great people once said, I might not agree with you, but I will defend to the death your right to have an opinion. Okay, um, you may have heard of this, uh, and this is flipping the coin right over to something super, super happy and super positive. It is the Joymaker truck, and uh, if you haven't if you haven't had a chance to see this. Or experience it. It's it's quite the Christmas initiative. Uh, Brad Sapple did I? Am I saying this right? Sapley we? Yeah, I think so. Sapple away. Sapple away. Is that right, yep. Brad? Yes. Okay. Sorry, I sorry I didn't mean to mess up mess up your <laughs> name. And and you're with you're with your son uh, Braden. Oh, we're used to it. <laughs> I'm sure Braden, you are. Yes. And you're with your son Braden. Uh, yes. Hi, Braden. Hi. How you doing, buddy? You okay? Okay. Um, it, you? Yeah. Okay. We've got just a little bit of a a little bit of a delay and a, a bit of a choppy video thing going, but that's okay. Yeah, we can see the lights there on the truck, though, and that's what this is all about, right? Yeah. The Joymaker truck. So, Braden, uh, tell us. Yes. Uh, uh, tell us how your. Uh, Joymaker truck thing got started. Can you tell us? Well, my dad is originally from Thunder Bay, 
and his parents and all of his, all of his family lived up there. And we couldn't go up to see them because it was the start of a pandemic. And we were like, ah, oh, we're feeling this way, so other people have got to be feeling this way too. So then we were, because my dad was scrolling through the internet, and he found this, and we, and then I saw it, and then we decided to do it. And how, and so I want to ask you about the, the, the truck uh, in a bit here, Brad, but uh, what is it you, what is it you do? Uh, now, this is your second Christmas, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so what do you, what do you and your dad do? With the truck well um we drive around like when we have to go to like our personal events but most of the time we're at like store, um, sobeys and we're collecting donations for pelham cares for pelham cares that's that's just terrific um brad what what was your reaction when when Braden mentioned to you um that he wanted to do something to make people happier. What, what did you think of your son at that point? Well, as a dad, you're always proud of your son. Um, he's uh, got the biggest heart out of anybody you know for an 11-year-old child to, uh, to um, want to give back, especially at a, a time when we were, you know, there was a pandemic going on. Um, he didn't think about himself, he thought about everybody else, so pretty proud. He, uh, he's, uh, he's very community-minded and, and he loves giving back. He's actually part of, uh, my act too it's the mayor's youth advisory uh, council uh here in pelham as well so um pretty proud of the little guy he's uh he's he's uh he's gonna be our next community leader hopefully <laughs> maybe mayor or prime minister yeah i wouldn't I, I wouldn't put it past him at all now this is year two how many how many lights have you got on that truck so last year we did five thousand lights and we wanted to go a little bit bigger how many we got this year Braden? eight Eight thousand. Eight thousand. Yeah. So. Okay. Sorry. No, I, I just. How do you? How how do you put them on the? How do you affix them to the truck and how do you power them and everything? Uh, so it's it's all done by black gorilla tape. So last year when I started this, um, it, it was um, well I think I had the truck for about eight months and so I didn't want to screw up the tape, but <laughs> I did a lot of investigating with uh, um, on YouTube and, and the internet. To find out which tape wouldn't leave that uh, residue like uh, a duct tape does. So I actually went and uh, found a lot of people were using the black gorilla tape. And then I took uh, about 10 pieces, put it on the truck for about a week. Uh, it snowed, it rained, I drove on the highway, everything. And then I took them off and I had nothing. Um, so then this year we said, well, let's go a little bit bigger. So we went to 8,000 likes, um, which works out to 3,000 pieces of tape. Um, we get two rolls and then we cut them into about half inch strips and then affix them every five lights. How long does it take you to do that? <laughs> um, well, my dad started it about an hour before I got home from school. Yeah. And I helped probably from the time I got home from school, which was three until around nine. But they did it until like... 30 in the morning so it roughly took us 12 hours to do this this year um it would have probably took about 10 but i had one of the strands break um so i had to take one off and uh, redo it on the hood so that's the hardest part because you're trying to get up there and lean and put it on how 
does this run off the battery of the truck? How do you how do you light it up? So the good thing about the the Dodge Ram is they have two uh, plugins, one in the front in the council, one in the back seat um, that can run up to 400 watts. Each light string that uh, is uh, on the truck, and there's eight of them, only runs 22.8 watts. So I'm, I'm actually under 200 watts. I could probably go double the amount. And uh, if it was up to Braden, we'll be having uh, 16,000 lights next year. But I don't know if I got enough truck to do no, it. Probably, no, I'll probably get a trailer and put lights on that. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, just, just add another vehicle. <laughs> that is uh that is that, that what's the reaction of people when they see this thing or see you guys coming um honking high beams thumbs up lots of smiles nice. yeah it's pretty incredible we try we do most of the donation stuff because it's uh, for pelham cares um it's done right here in, Pel uh, in pelham area um, but we do like to get out to the community. Uh, we're not all about just Pelham. We want to spread the, the, the kind of joy throughout Niagara. Um, we do an annual trip down to Niagara Falls, down Clifton Hill, and uh, it's quite magical. Um, people stopping and, and yelling and hooting and high beams. And... Go ahead, Brady. Yeah, well, you, 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 you guys would so fit in with Clifton Hill. We, for sure. It's like. Go ahead, Braden. Go ahead, Braden. Yeah, so we actually, half the time, we were driving down because we were lucky enough that my, so my grandmother, my dad's mother, came down from Thunder Bay this year. Yeah. But we took her down to Niagara Falls, and um, everyone was, like, taking pictures, smiling. And we were waiting a while, and it was in... Yeah, the, tra the traffic's pretty tight down there as it is, and I think we slowed it down a lot more. So we actually, <laughs> people that were running the uh, festival lights down there asked us if we'd park our truck there throughout the Christmas season in <laughs> Dufferin Islands there. So we thought it was quite funny. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's 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 great. So, uh, Braden, you, you feel a little bit happier this Christmas than you did last Christmas? Yes, now that... Um... Yeah, my grandmother came down, and we yeah. had a more successful uh, campaign. Campaign with yeah. this. Great. Um, yeah, it just makes me feel happy. How how uh, how long ago did uh, your family move down from Thunder Bay? I moved here um, approximately fifteen years ago. Uh, we moved to Fontel. Um, um, yeah. So we, we kind of, I lived in St. Catharines for about a year with my, with my fiance at the time, yeah. and now my wife, uh, and then we moved to Fonto. Well, uh, we're, we're sure happy to have you here. Um, Brad and, and Braden, uh, Braden in particular, for, uh, for an 11-year-old uh, lad to step up and say, hey, how can we make people feel happier than they feel? That's a, that's a big question for an 11-year-old uh, to ask. And so uh, we applaud you greatly. I think it's, uh, and I, I agree with your dad, I think you will be one of our community leaders and a positive one going forward. Uh, great job. Thank you. You're thank welcome. you. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Just, uh, we would like to uh, thank you, thank a lot of the, the donors out there. Um, we've had people from all over the Niagara region, even though it's just Pelham Cares. 
um, that we're donating to this year. Um, people from other regions, even my friends up in Thunder Bay and Ajax and, and um, north of Toronto have, have stepped up and donated too. So we're, we're almost at our goal. We got about $700 more to go. Um, but we would like to thank everybody for stepping up already. I know it's it's hard and, and times are tough, especially with the, the pandemic and the Omicron virus stepping up again. But people have really, uh, really done well. Well, they're a little less tough or at least a, a little bit more tolerable with people like you in our community. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you, sir. And uh, have a great Christmas. Happy New Year and stay safe. And you as well. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Kevin, once again, uh, every week comes with one of those uh, tingly moments where you go, yes, this is, this is what it should be all about. Absolutely. Um, Brad, the father, was, uh, was telling me uh, in setting up the interview about it, and I don't know whether or not the story really came across. You were alluding to it about how Braden approached him yeah. Last year, saying that everybody's sad this year. And, and remember where we were a year ago. Exactly. Every, everybody was very sad. The holidays weren't going to be the same as we've ever remembered. Yep. And he said, there must be other people in the community that feel this way. What can we do for them? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's an incredible thought process for an 11-year-old to go through For, for, for a boy to make or a young person of that age to go to make that leap. You know, it's one thing to acknowledge the fact that I, I feel kind of sad. And, and that's often where it would, would stop, because you're not quite sure necessarily why. But then to recognize that you're not the only one, and then to make the leap, as you said, to how can we help fix this, that's off the charts. And i got to say, that's a Dodge Ram for the win there, eh? Yeah. Got a couple of outlets so you can just plug it right in there, do a little bit yeah. of math and say, hey, I'm not going to blow the car up by running these lights. And kudos to the internet as well, right? Like, hey, if I use the black Gorilla Tape, which, by the way, is a staple of every WeStream event. But yes, the black the black Gorilla Tape is awesome and well, uh, it doesn't leave any residue on the truck. Uh, I have a bone to pick with you on that, actually. Because uh, I asked I asked you last week for some tape so I could decorate the office. Yes. Do you, do you remember? Yeah, I did not give you the good gorilla You tape. did not give me the good, and it was a windy day. It was one of our windy days. And uh, I don't want to, I'm not going to accuse anybody of walking off with my Christmas decorations, so I'll have to blame the wind. It's a windy day, but they were not there when the show was over? Is they were not saying? there when the show was over. So next time, let's gorilla the thing. All right? No, that's a good point. Not love the gorilla tape. Uh, just a reminder, Lee, that the uh, the show. I is, notice you're not apologizing. No, the show is wide open. So if anybody <laughs> wants to come on and even just share some well wishes, or if there's something you want to talk about, yeah. the uh, the Hergy protests. I know in the news, getting a lot of comments. Uh, we are going to touch on. We got the video from the falling of the masts out at the pirate oh, ship. Oh yeah, in the Grand Harbor. Hermione. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a landmark that is uh, that is. Oh, I was I was sad to see that. Um, I do want to take a moment here uh, once again to wish a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and uh, a safe 2022 to uh, all of our sponsors, Gales Gaspars, who have been fueling this program like they've been fueling Niagara for the past 50 years, and continue to support us, and for that we thank you. Gales Gas dot C, or Gales dot C-A. 
is the uh, is the website to go to find out about their uh, points program and all the great things that they do here and something that Jessica Friesen uh, did she became in 2021 she became a self-published author and self-publishing uh, is uh, is kind of a misnomer actually and we're going to be talking with a couple of fellows later on in the program that are authors uh, you've met one of them before Sean Bell is his name he wrote a book called the grandfather chronicles he's going to be joined by uh, pl stewart a gentleman out of chatham and we're going to talk about just that subject uh authors and self-publishing because that seems to be the great big publishing houses like the simon and schusters and the penguins and all, all of these have um have the whole model of publishing books has changed uh drastically uh, over the number of years and but it but self-publishing is really it, it, it's kind of misdirecting what actually happens so we're going to talk to those guys about that at about one o'clock today um, and uh, yeah so thank you to to Gales uh, and if you want to pick up a copy of Jessica's book you can do that wherever you find books online and uh, it's called this will not break me it is about her battle with uh, postpartum depression uh, when she was a very new mom uh, about 14, 15 years ago. Have we got an audio glitch? That's just us. Is that just us? Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, now, also to Performance Heating and Air, Carlo and uh, all of your workers and their families and your family as well, we hope you have uh, an uninterrupted Christmas season because we know t things... Uh, things like furnaces uh, and, and appliances tend to pick the worst times to stop working or break down for some reason and then there are always people that have to come out and, uh, and look after that stuff. So we, we wish you uh, 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 a problem-free holiday at Performance Heating and Air. Uh, and uh, to Mark Shirk, Blake and uh, all of your gang Again, also, we thank you for, uh, for supporting us in, uh, in this endeavor. Thank you, Verge Insurance Group. And uh, Kevin, of course, we stream, we talked about this earlier, so we're going to take a, a minute before we... I want to talk about the Carrie Porter uh, story, because that was pretty damn disturbing as well. Because um, it sort of dovetails with our, our comment about the protest outside Dr. Hergy's home. And, and again, make no mistake... Uh, I am no personal friend of Dr. Hergy's. Uh, as a matter of fact, over this whole thing, I started to refer to him as Premier Hergy because I thought we had—I uh, I thought Niagara was its own little burg outside everything else that was going on in Ontario at the time, and it was, it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek way of saying, uh, "Hey, what's going on here?" So it's—it's just—it's just the methodology of some of these extreme-style protesters that I just have a problem with your style. Uh, and the same thing with what happened to St. Catherine City Council Carrie Porter. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but we wanted to. Uh, where was I going with this, Kevin? Well, you want to touch on uh, on WeStream and what a we successful yes. year it's, yeah. it's been for us. And as we um, as as we're staring, I don't know. I don't want to say lockdown, shutdown, whatever it's that going was to be. What, yeah, that was um, but as you as you're looking down the road into 2022, and if you have any events and you need to incorporate a virtual aspect to it. Get in touch with us at WeStream. It's absolutely what we do. It's proven uh, around Niagara, for example. 
we are delivering hybrid live streams. So that is both where people are in person and they're also joining the same meeting remotely. We do that for St. Catherine City Council, Niagara Falls City Council, West Lincoln City Council, Port Colburn, um, Wayne Fleet. So all of these municipalities in Niagara trust WeStream to provide yeah. the technology needed so that you can have people both on-site and off-site participating as equal participants in the same meeting. And we bring the tech. We do that. We can stream it. We can add some, some layers of production to it as well. So um, if you're faced with any of that, by all means, give us a call. It's absolutely free. <clears throat> we can talk about your options and what's available to you. Yeah, and <laughs> the reason I was leading up to this, isn't that funny, you know? I, I, I knew exactly where I was going, and it reminded me of a meme I saw on, on Facebook. For, for those of us that have taken a few trips around the sun, it's like, I can remember what happened in 1969, but I can't remember why I came into the kitchen. <laughs> you know, those things happen. Uh, but <laughs> what I wanted to do was, um, again, send out not really condolences, but just heartfelt uh, hope wishes for people that are in a business like WeStream that involves being around other people. Now, there's a, there was a positive side to, to the WeStream business because of COVID, because people couldn't get together. So um, the smart people did reach out to uh, Kevin and Brandon's company and say, okay, um, can you guys make this as live as you possibly can? And of course they, they did and they can and they do. But a large portion of their business also went sideways, i.e. sporting events and, uh, and those kinds of things where people had to, had to gather before there was even going to be a show. And, and that, was a, that was a problem. And just when things start to get back, now we've got all the question marks swirling around our heads again. And I mean, Kevin, God, it's got it's to be, it's nerve-wracking enough for people that have workaday salary jobs, for entrepreneurs that work in, in the in the people business, it's got to be like almost almost debilitating psychologically. Uh, well, thank you for um, for finding the nerve and going right at it, Lee. But it, um, but but that it, it absolutely is. I mean, it is the nerve, I'll, though. I'll try and you know summarize it in thirty seconds. What I'm thinking. I'm a business owner, a small business owner that was hurt financially, that was hurt mentally. Uh, I've never dealt with mental health issues prior to the pandemic. There were probably about three or four months where I just was not stable. I'll admit that. I'm sitting now looking at a scenario where I might go right back into that place. Yeah. The schools likely aren't going back. Why haven't they made a decision yet? Why are they not telling us now? Why are they going to wait to the 11th hour? At the end of the day, Lee, six weeks ago, I looked at my wife and said, okay, that's the first time we heard of Omicron and said, it's happening somewhere in South Africa. And I looked at her and said, if in six weeks time, we're right back where we were a year ago, the government doesn't know what the hell they're doing. They have no clue. And I think that's pretty clear. And they've clear. learned nothing. It's pretty clear. And the thing that sucks to draw it full circle is that all the people that are making decisions, all the people that are telling you, all the politicians in Niagara, all the health workers in Niagara, sorry, not all the health workers, uh, talking about management, all the people that are making decisions are not affected. Again, they do not lose a dime. Their salaries are protected. If anything, in some cases, their jobs become easier because now they get to work remotely from home. They're working in pajamas. They've cut down on their commute time. On one issue. On one issue that the government has not learned anything about 
if they had learned from where we were in March of 2020, we would not be where we are in March of 2021. And, Kevin, and I've done this is everything. I, I, I've done all that you've asked me to do. And you're telling me that once again. I got to do it again. I already got an email yesterday. Our company is losing three grand in January. That's the reality. And I'm just waiting for another email where we're going to lose another three grand. So people say, how is this affecting you? I'm going to lose $6,000 in, in January a alone. In, in a, a month. month. I'm going to lose. Do you get that? I'm going to lose $6,000 because they don't know how to control a pandemic. I'm not saying it's easy, but they've done nothing. They, they literally have not well, learned. We haven't. Sorry, you the touched key. the nerve. I, I was trying not to go here today because that's okay. That's okay. I'm you so gotta, frustrated. And and well, you know, these things are best when they're shared, and you're sharing this with a lot of people. And I didn't I didn't really mean to open a wound, but I kind of did, because you are a perfect spokesperson for people that work the way you do, that earn a living, that feed their families, that support their lives and their communities the way you do. Uh, it's a, you know, I'm sorry, but you're a perfect uh, poster boy f for this. I'm affected by it all. For this situation. My children are six Your children years old. Are, are, are elementary, young elementary age school children and um, the kind of business you're in. So, uh, and again, it's really not I didn't want to do this to make it just about uh, about you, but I wanted to make it about you as it's about so many other people. I mean, it's yeah, a I it. it's a it's a big group of people. I got no problem, and, and our group of people deserve a voice because so, there are so many people. I didn't want to put on, you on the spot. So many people on social media whose whose income is not affected sharing their opinions and telling us what we should do. Yeah. Listen to the people who actually have skin in the game that are going to be losing money. Talk and to those people and see how we feel about shutdowns and lockdowns. See how we feel about complying for the last year and a half, doing everything you've asked us to do. And here we sit. Our Christmas is about to be ruined. My business is going to be ruined in January. Thank you very much. I've done everything you've asked me to do. And here's where I am. And, and you're, looking, you're looking at me in the eye and going, please, can you just... Can you just do this next thing? Oh, Can yeah, you just if we all fight together, thing? if we all hang together, and uh, yeah, we'll get through this thing. Well, the, the, again, the, the threads of logic fail me because 80%, I heard the stat today, 80% of Canadians have been double vaccinated. And there are many, many, many more that are going to get the so-called booster. It's just another shot. Uh, get the third shot. I've, I'm lined up to get mine, I think, uh, January the 12th, something like that. And that's, that's another thing, Lee. You can't get them. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. The, the, the system online, once again, is, is jamming up and breaking down. But where I, was, where I was going with this is the fact that, okay, so they say wear masks and social distance. Cool, got it, fine, we'll be okay if we do that. Then, while you're doing that, we're developing these vaccines, and uh, if you get two of them, then you're protected up to, depending on the one that you get, you're, you're, you're protected up to like 79, 80 percentile, right? As, as far as your opportunity to get it, maybe 20 percent, maybe a one in five chance. Uh, that you're you're gonna gonna get it. Okay, so now we got 80% of the country 
that is uh, that is double vaccinated a lot of them triple vaccinated by uh, spring most will be uh, triple vaccinated and now uh, and that's that's supposed to that's supposed to protect us and if it's protecting us then why can't we go into these places i can understand when we didn't have anything but see this is the this is the this is the disconnect kevin and when the 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 protocols came out last week it was again gyms uh, uh restaurants to to 50 percent capacity and uh, the other things but but funerals weddings uh and uh, and uh, and church services any any worship areas were not included well what the hell sense does that make you still got groups of people together and but 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 a hockey game where people s sit on a on a bench and put their skates and pads and crap on to to go out onto the ice to play a hockey game, you can't do that. But you can go sit in a pew in a church beside somebody. Yeah, I, I can still play hockey. I can go out there and play hockey. I just can't spend more than 15 minutes in the change room because, of course, at minute 16, COVID starts to spread. Now, now listen, <laughs> exactly. the, and people people are expressing um, their feelings and their anger in a number of different ways. We've already talked, to, uh, we've already shared the video of, of the protest outside Dr. Hergy's office. And the attack on, on Councillor Kerry Porter in St. Catharines... I even, don't even know why. ...even seems more misguided. Uh, and again, someone wakes up in the morning, and we know people are frustrated, and yeah, we know people are angry. Obviously, Kevin and I are as well. Uh, Kevin having more of a reason to be than, than, than me. But here's what Councillor Kerry Porter woke up to on the side of her house. Scary Carrie is a Karen. Now, uh, I had to ask Kevin what a Karen is. I guess it's something in pop culture that just happened over the last while that uh, Karen is now a bad thing to be, whatever. But, um, okay. So that was one thing. Um, F you Marxist uh, bitch. I don't know. I don't, I don't know why. I, I have no idea whether uh, Carrie Porter has Marxist leanings or not, and I don't care if she does, but it's on her house. Now that's non-compliant, united, in case you're not sure what that says, that says, excuse me, united non-compliance. Okay. Now this is wrong. Yes, people are angry, people are upset, but I don't know why they're angry at Carrie Porter. I mean, uh, in, in, my, in my experience, now, I have to hand it to Ms. Porter and the fact that she did handle this in a very tongue-in-cheek, uh, calm way. And I'm sure she didn't feel calm. But to the goons who targeted my house last night, thank you for spelling my name correctly. Marxist and bitch? Well, there are some grains of truth there. <laughs> Karen is my mom's name, but she is a good Karen who taught me how to stand up for myself. Scary Carrie, haven't heard that one since grade six. Very sophisticated humor. Nice, nice use of sarcasm there, Ms. Porter. She says, this is a pathetic display of cowardice and weakness. You get 0 for 10 for this work. 
Good for you, Carrie. Good for you for responding in that way. But I'm sure, as anybody would be, that you would be shaken by seeing this and a little bit fearful. I would have been for my family had, uh, had I woken up this morning and found something like that uh, spray painted on my house. Now, may I say, Lee, that our company, and, and I guess specifically me, I'm in city council chambers. Often. Streaming St. Catherine City Council. I know Councillor Porter, but not much more than to say hi. I don't think any of those phrases apply to Councillor Porter. I just, it seems... I, we were she's talking. a very caring woman. She she does yeah. what she believes is right from her standpoint and for the people that whether that you agree with her, her. Or, or or not, whether she's effective or not, we don't. I mean, and that's not for us to judge. She's very diplomatic and polite in her approach, as opposed to these graffiti artists. I, I don't know, I don't know who could have concluded that Carrie Porter is any of these things based on anything yeah. that she may have done. Yeah. And she, that's... It, it, and it, I'm, I'm not, in I'm my, not saying it, this because City of St. Catharines, you know, pays WeStream. I'm just... I'm telling you, that's, that's what I see. In my experience, I do not remember any issue that, uh, that Councillor Porter has been involved in that is in any way controversial. I, I don't... No? I, I don't recall one. So maybe there's something behind the scenes. Maybe there, maybe there's someone in in her ward that is uh, extremely unhappy with her position on something. I I have no idea. No idea. She has not but, been the one that's been leading the charge for COVID. Like she hasn't be been the center of anything. United non-compliance. Like, no. Oh, okay, maybe that's maybe these are anti-vaxxers that are targeting her. But why why her? Now she did respond through social media in her own words. So I think we should. We should hear some yeah, of let's hear what she had to say. Hi, everyone. I wanted to come on and thank all of the people who expressed their support and solidarity and love for my family after we woke up to graffiti on my house that was politically motivated. It was targeted. It was meant to intimidate. And it came from the politics of fear and division and extremism and conspiracy theories. <laughs> and all of your messages of support have meant so much. They meant a lot to me and my husband and they've helped my children be able to understand that we live in a really wonderful community and this action doesn't define this community. It doesn't define my work as a city councillor. I know too many good people who do too many wonderful things in this community to allow this to intimidate or define the work. And I also believe that your messages of solidarity are not just about me. Other people read them. People initially saw what happened and got upset about it. And the messages of support meant a lot to members of the community as well. And there are people who are considering running for office. And if they see something like this, they might think twice about it. What's your messages of support? Your denunciation of this type of behavior is incredibly important. This is fascism. It's not new and it needs to be countered and you're countering it. 
and I'm really, really proud of this community. It's an honor and privilege to represent St. Catharines and I, I want to thank you and we won't let them win. I wish we knew who them were or who they were. Um, obviously, Councillor Porter has an idea or, or is aware of the forces that are opposing her in some way, shape or form. I mean, there's, there's, there's something behind it and we're unaware of it. And that's, and that's okay. I don't mind being unaware of it, except for the fact that maybe if we were aware of what is behind it, we could help fix it. And Kevin, I, it's, this goes back to something I said, I said earlier, these are, these are times that I truly believe that, and I, I truly, truly believe that the, the management and leadership style of a former president of the United States, Donald Trump, has brought to the, the, the forefront. He's opened the Pandora's box of right-wing extremism. There is still, there are, uh, it was announced today that there are, I believe it's 16, I could be wrong about the, the precise number, uh, but it's somewhere in the teens, it's somewhere around 16, um, police officers in Washington, D.C. have uh, launched a lawsuit against, personally, uh, former President Donald Trump because they do believe that he worked with those groups to incite the riot that happened on January 6th of this year when the Capitol in D.C. was was stormed. So he's being sued by this citizens, a, a civil action group. And I do honestly believe that it was the spark that lit the flame of populism around the world. And I'm not putting too much of a fine point on it because if you track, if you track the historical um, uh, events over the past four years, since the election in 2016, uh, this has become uh, vogue, these right-wing extremist activities and actions. And I believe that to be true. I believe that we have opened the, uh, the, we've opened the sewer pipe and the rats are coming out. Now we got to get rid of them somehow. I mean, even if, we, even if we don't believe that, Lee, look at what's happening around us and you can't draw any other conclusion, right? I mean, we've got people protesting outside Dr. Hergy's house. We've got Councillor Kerry Porter's house being spray painted after earlier this year, Mayor Walter Sensick had his house spray painted. It's Ford, bizarre, never, uh, never Premier Ford, like it. Uh, Premier Ford couldn't get into his house in Toronto the other day because people were blocking the way. I mean, these things are not, these things aren't, aren't, uh, aren't right. They're not, they're certainly not what we think of as Canadian. Oh, but then again, we've got Tim Beebs. So, you know, how could... <laughs> Which, by, by the way, are, are really not that good, and all they are are Tim bits they already had on the shelf with the new coating around them. And then there was, there was the other article about that, <laughs> about that company that uh, they have upgraded. Uh, one of them is the Bavarian Cream. Remember the Tim Hortons Bavarian Cream Donut? Oh, the Boston Cream. Or Boston cream, yeah. The uh, the love a Boston cream. 
Yeah, but you know what they've done now? It's a premium donut. It's a premium donut. It's not just a donut. It's not just a donut anymore, kids. It's a premium donut. And you know what happens when you buy a premium donut, Kevin? You get charged yeah. more. Yeah, pay more for it. Yep, I know that Boston cream. I'll tell you this, yeah. though, Lee. And I'm, about, I'm about to blow your mind as a fan of the Boston cream donuts. All right. Where is the Boston cream Timbit? Boom. Well, no, you can't have it. A, a Timbit is a donut hole. I know. Tim but, Hortons figured out how to make money from donut holes. But they make them separately. They sell holes. I know. But they make them separately. No, Why can't they make a Boston cream? You, they can make jelly filled and jam filled. No. Maybe no, a Boston cream no, filled. No, it would it would it would destroy the myth of the Timbit. No. It's a donut hole. Well then what are the other ones? The sugar donuts that it's have like the jam selling, inside. It's like selling space. They sell space. Talk about a great business plan. It's a donut hole. So anyway, uh, Lee, let's go to the uh, the end of an era. I don't think we're ever going to see eye to eye on the uh, the Tim Bits thing. Uh, the Grand Hermione is is coming down. Is that it? The uh, Hermione or Hermione? I think or? it's Hermione. And then uh, here she is coming down. Yeah. That was that was one of the most viewed videos on Niagara Four One One and social media this week. Hundreds of thousands of people watched that over and over and over again. And I guess it was a I guess it was a safety issue, eh, Kevin? That yeah, it was a safety issue. Um, and then also, sorry, I realize I got the weather in front of your face. Um, compounded by the fact that nobody really knows who owns it. Yeah. So when, I guess, the Department of Oceans and Fisheries or what have you were looking at it and saying, okay, um, where is this ship going in the years ahead? Well, it's only going to further break down and leach into the water. Okay, yeah, well, but what is there to leach? I mean, it's just, I mean, there's no fuel or anything. It's no, just, but it's the, just the steel. Metal, yeah, I know, but the steel's going to break away and end up in the water. That's where it's going. I, I know, yes. but... And considering that nobody owns it, and then it might be a, a safety risk or a liability as well, right? You know, you always throw in that term. The lawyers get involved, and liability. it's this thing of liability. I would have rather I would have rather seen a film of that car going over the falls last week. Yeah, I mean, look how long that scow was in the rapids in the upper river there in the upper rapids. Nobody worried about that leaching into the water. No, here I'll take. A, and somebody else took some uh, some photos that Niagara Four One One shared as well. Yeah. And uh, I think maybe Chris DeLatte photography. Oh, there's some great, yeah, there were some great pictures. There's some uh, awesome pictures uh, as well that were posted because of the solstice that took place this week. The winter solstice, yes, officially welcome to winter, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't look like you're going to have a white Christmas, but yeah, look at that. That's a majestic, and I know it's an old rusted out hulk of a thing, but it's so majestic looking. It's... Uh, it's sort of been the hallmark of Jordan Harbor for years. I hate to see things like it that. It really has. Like, that's mean, a beautiful, look at this. That's a beautiful picture right there. Who wouldn't want that actually on their wall? That would be a good thing for an artist to reproduce in, uh, in watercolors or something. Great shots. This is a Chris DeLatte photography. Yeah. There's an aerial one. Remember we interviewed that guy the January of this year that... Uh, Took his inflatable dinghy over there and I walked I remember him. It. Yeah, he was uh, from Toronto, and he does he's does all these sort of day day trip adventures. And he 
took it. He waited for ages to get an inflatable, buy an inflatable boat from Canadian Tire, went out there, blew it up, and then uh, took took a trip out to the boat and and did a video of his walkabout. I mean, for a lot of people, ship. I mean, I know they, they have that stop in Grimsby that they like to call the gateway, but to be honest, yeah. from people from the GTA, when they see the pirate ship, that's their entry into Niagara. Yeah. A lot of people know, I knew before I ever lived in Niagara, that, all right, there's that pirate ship, and when I get to the pirate ship, we're getting close. Well, that's how, that's how I always feel about it, and I, I, uh, I grew up here. I always thought when you cross that, you cross that little sort of bridge area of Jordan Harbor, I felt like I was home. I'm now home. Even if I lived in Fort Erie or Niagara Falls or whatever, when I got to that point, as far as, as, far as being a Niagara resident, that was the spot that I could, I could kind of take a sigh of relief and say, all right, a couple more minutes, I'm home, you know? And that, that's how it sort of makes us feel when we, when we pass that spot. Um, we have Sean Bell, local author uh, of a, a publication called The Grandfather Chronicles, self-published author. Joining him is uh, a fellow who he refers to as his mentor, uh, P.L. Stewart. P.L. Stewart is in uh, Chatham, but they'll be both on the program today. We're going to talk about that concept of self-publishing because it, it's, a, it's a bit of a misnomer, but, uh, but they're going to tell us how that happens. So if you've ever thought about, gee, I'd like to write a book, but I, I don't know how to go about this. I don't know what to do. And, uh, and that stalls a lot of people and things they want to do. Now here's a shot. I don't know how this happened. Road closure, St. Catharines, Bunting Road. Now, we know why the road would have been closed. But, okay, so we got a city bus, okay? Uh, might soon be called a regional bus with all these votes that are going on. But right now, it's a St. Catharines city bus. It's pretty obvious the bus is stopped at a bus stop where people embark or disembark from the bus. Now, which means it's on the right side of the road. See, there's the bus stop, there's the bus, very close to the bus stop, parked at thing, and there's a car. Then obviously, either the bus smashed into the car or the car smashed into the bus. Either way, there's a pretty serious collision on Bunting Road at that spot. What the hell is a car doing on that side of the road? I don't get it. And nowhere in the, in the comments or in the explanation did anybody say, uh, here's what happened, because there shouldn't have been a head-on collision on that side of the road. No, so that's, that's right in front. You can see the reflection in the glass, but that's the uh, TSC, which is now PV Mart or whatever. Yeah, PC Mart. But yeah, yeah, apparently yeah, PV Mart, I guess, is a brand... That's yeah, they bought with them, them out, out west. They bought the T. I always liked the TSC or, brand. I know. I thought that was this well-established brand, and they went to PV Mart. But yeah, I know. I don't even know how they survive with Home Depot and all those places around. But that's another issue altogether. No, they got a lot of a, uh, a farm supply. That's what it is. Tractor Supply Company. Yeah, right? I guess so. so. I they guess got, so. They got other more, stuff. More, that's more specialized. Yeah. Uh, but this I don't understand. 
why did that car hit that, or why did that bus hit that car on that side of the road, both of them facing in the same direction? All right. Um, we're going to, uh, pardon the pun here, shift gears. Joining us on the program, Sean Bell, uh, local author, uh, wrote the Grandfather Chronicles. We talked about Sean before on the program. And uh, the other gentleman joining him uh, on the extreme right of your screen is P.L. Stewart, joining us from, I believe, Chatham today. Mr. Stewart, uh, uh, have we got you loud and clear? I hope so. Good day, yeah. and thanks so much for having me. I hey. really appreciate it. Hello, Sean. Nice to see you again, my friend. Good. Hey, PL. It's such an honor to be on the show with you, my friend. Uh, this is extra special. So, uh, first of all, um, Sean, uh, we've talked to you before, so let me ask you this question. How, what is the, what is the relationship? Why are you here with JL today? Or PL? Uh, hi, Lee. Wonderful hi. to be back. So nice to see you. And uh, to happy you. holidays, too. And uh, just to say the comment on your uh, your question about the bus out there just be careful out there today i was out shopping this morning and it's madness out there so people are doing uh some questionable things so uh i know it's tough to have patience this time of year but uh, um I, I know this morning i had to have it but uh very much looking forward to this so pl is now a mentor and a, and a very good friend of mine okay. uh you know the relationship started with pl and i leak is we both self-published with the same publishing company freezing press so we both came up through Friesen Press, the self-publishing experience, as I mentioned a little bit on the show before, and I'm sure we'll get into today. And I was put in touch with PL because he's such an outgoing guy, very busy guy. He leads a very busy life. I'm sure he'll share a bit of that with you. But he always has time to help people who want to do well in the industry. He's very... Um, just an easy guy to connect with. And I connected with him right off the bat. And the experience he shared with me on social media and how he came up uh, through Freeze and Press and what he did really helped inspire me at a time where I was like, wow, this is a lot of work. But he made time for me, Lee, and he became a mentor to me because he offered so much insight and so much help to someone like myself who really was kind of learning the ropes. And he was able to share that with me. And we became friends and we've been doing Zoom calls almost every week and we're always in touch with each other, offering insight to one another. And now he's a great friend of mine. Well, let's slide over to you, PL. Um, you are obviously uh, an author as well. Uh, how many titles have you got under your belt at this time? I only have one, sir. Uh, one, okay. Yeah. So so you and, you, you and Sean are kindred spirits in a way. Uh, uh, earlier in the show, I talked about the fact that um, people like yourself and Sean are referred to as self-published, which, which is kind of a, a, a misnomer because there are a lot of people behind the scenes. What inspired you or what made you want to write your, your first book? How did you get into this? Well, uh, the idea, Lee, had been percolating for quite some time. Once again, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, and. Uh, for me, in terms of the self-publishing aspect, it was simply impatience. As you can see by the gray, uh, I'm a <laughs> bit older. So um, the nominal time to publish through the traditional routes, in terms of querying to get an agent, and then having that agent shop your book to a traditional publisher and obtaining a book deal, those timelines are quite expanded compared to when the uh, self-publishing route. Therefore, I opted uh, for that as opposed to uh, the traditional publishing. So got my book out a lot quicker. And, and uh, we just showed a picture of your book uh, quickly online. On Tell us about your book. 
My book is what I would consider a high epic fantasy. It's called The Drowned Kingdom. It is the first book in a proposed seven book series. And it is about a flawed, uh, somewhat controversial and bigoted prince who is uh, leading the last remnants of uh, his race from uh, an advanced civilization. That civilization based on my version of uh, the tale, the lost, uh, the tale of uh, Atlantis. And uh, he leads uh, his people uh, across the sea to this new continent where he must forge alliances and face uh, a, a lot of doubts and challenges to his beliefs as he tries to establish himself in this new realm. So this is a uh, fiction fantasy work. I love I love that genre. It's um, it gives it gives one pause to just think about things that are outside your realm of experience. And I I, I love people that write the uh, the stuff that you do. Now, how did you um, how did you reach out to and uh, support and work with Sean when he was getting going? Well, as Sean mentioned, we were both with the same uh, self-publishing assist company, Friesen Press, um, you know, and, and Sean is very flattering. I think our relationship is much less uh, me mentoring him, but uh, us mentoring each other. It's very much a, you know, very symbiotic uh, mm -hmm. relationship and we feed off each other. He's just a fantastic guy and, and, and one of the one of the best uh, people and writers that I've met uh, in my in my journey in writing, uh, my short, rather short journey, but uh, still. And um, we... Uh, Normally what happens is that through the publication specialists, uh, they tend to connect authors that write in the same genre. And um, for whatever reasons, um, some of our publication people, our mutual publication people, uh, thought it would be a good idea for us to hook up. Well, I'm th glad, thankful that they did, and because I've made a, a fantastic connection, a great friend. So that's how we originally uh, got together. Now, um, over to you, Sean for yes, sir. a second when when you had the concept of wanting to write a book uh, and you you obviously had the the motivation you had, had the story you had the the concept and the content it was all all there all you had to do was then organize it in an entertaining and uh, uh, and and logical way that's one thing. It's one thing whether it's a typewriter or a computer or writing it by hand or whatever, you can write the story, but how did you, how did you find out how to do the so-called self-publishing route? You both work for free, uh, worked with Friesen Press. Where do they come into the mix? At what point? Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's a great question, Lee. Uh, a wonderful question, actually. Um, I, I think PL will, will agree with this. PL and I, the one thing we share with respect to being uh, self-published authors is we love telling stories. I think the fantasy, the fantasy genre allows you to be so creative in your storytelling, being able to tap into stories that might already be told. For example, PL PL story was a you know, you know is a different take on the lost the lost continent of Atlantis, and I love that. I love it. But his storytelling is so unique in that it captures the characters and their journey through that time and i love that and with respect to mine with the arthurian legend of excalibur fantasy allows you to really expand and tell your story in, in as many different ways as you want and that's why i love it because i'm a storyteller and i love telling stories with respect to how i found out about freeze and press very similar to what pl was saying um, I have so many great stories that I want to tell, but it's very difficult to get recognized, Lee. Try and find an agent. Try and find someone who wants to take a chance on people, authors that are green, people that don't have a lot behind them. So mm -hmm. 
uh, I did some some in-depth research myself and a few family members and friends as well, uh, looked into different publishing routes and Friesen Press came up as a reputable self-publishing company because they'll take your craft and make it professional, make it comparable to what's out there in the in the industry. How do and they that do was, that? Let, let me interrupt you. Sure, when yeah, you they, say they make it professional, how do they do that? Is it is it just uh, editing? Is it suggested rewrites? Like, how do they actually get into the nuts and bolts of it? I think Lee, it comes down to they've partnered with some very good editors, some very good marketing specialists, and David Sheldon, who's a world-renowned author who writes about marketing, is like he has submitted, you know, over hundreds and hundreds of hours of modules that every self-published author has access to on the Friesen Press website. Okay. If you opt into that specific bundle right i think we talked about last time on the show freeze and press offers different what they call journeys or bundles mm -hmm. uh do you want to buy marketing do you want to buy editing and if you opt into the marketing aspect which i did and i know pl did you have the opportunity to read these these fantastic modules by children by david children so freeze and press has made professional relationships in the industry and they use those professional relationships to help turn self-published authors like myself and pl uh our works into reality and using professionals who know what's accepted in the industry. Okay, PL, when when you um, came across um, Friesen Press, first of all, A, how did you find them? I mean, you're not, uh, you said you've written the one book, so I mean, you're not a seasoned, long-term veteran at this thing. It was, an, it was a new deal for you too. Um, how, did, how did you come across them and what what's what of their services did you use? How did they help you? I actually came across them, uh, Lee, because uh, a friend of mine and a colleague from work was actually going through the same process with them. Okay. So he essentially referred me to them. Um, so and again, I did my homework, uh, even with his reference prior to signing up. And, and as Sean said, find them to be essentially the, the Cadillac, if you will, of uh, self-publishing assist companies in Canada. I want to stay uh, Canadian. I want to support uh, Canadian businesses as well. So uh, that combined with the reputation uh, sold me. Um, with Friesen, uh, as Sean had highlighted, and I also want to mention that they, I think one of their biggest advantages is that they're one-stop shop. So uh, Sean talked about the different paths or publishing uh, avenues you can take within Friesen. So you can pare down your package to basic editing, mm -hmm. basic print, uh, basic uh, you know layout design and a cover with say one symbol, for example, in their in their least expensive package. Or you can get the highest end package, which includes uh, hours of marketing uh, mm -hmm. as and, and advice on marketing, as Sean said, um, additional cover images, so you can really make your cover very fancy because in the fantasy realm. Uh, covers are a big deal, for example. Right. Um, so you could get all these add-ons, and and that was really attractive with Friesen because, again, depending on your budget and your price point, uh, you can have all these additional resources brought to bear to make your book uh, that much more attractive and potentially lucrative uh, once it, it gets published. You brought up a, an interesting point when you said uh, budget and price point. Uh, I'm assuming, th this sounds to me, correct me if I'm wrong, this sounds to me a little bit like an a la carte menu um, when it comes to the services. You can, you can pick and choose the, the support 
systems that you require and every time you pick one it comes uh, attached to a dollar figure right yeah that was very very yeah. astute of you lee yeah that's that's specifically that's a great analogy it is very a la carte and you can tailor uh because for some people the thing with freezing that i, I want to highlight is for some people they just want to publish for example a memoir and it's basically a, just a lifelong dream. They're not looking to make money off of the publication of the memoir. Right. They want to leave something for future generations to look at. Oh, you know, grandmother, granddad published a memoir. Here it is, it's sitting on the shelf. For other authors like myself and Sean, um, of course, we're looking to accomplish a lifelong dream, but we're also looking to uh, sell uh, books and, and make money off of selling those books. And also, there's a certain return of an, on investment, obviously, attached with spending thousands of dollars on a, a publishing package with a self-assist company. Uh, um, I'm, I'm going to ask you, then I'm going to ask Sean. Um, if you don't mind sharing this, because I mean, people, these are questions that people have. And so I'm asking them. <laughs> you can refuse to answer anything you want. Uh, um, so you wrote a book. It's published. How much did it cost you? Okay, so uh, my particular package, which uh, Freeze essentially has four packages, uh, just let me outline for their okay. their, their authors, and, and I, Sean and I both chose the higher packages, I believe, if that's okay with Sean, let me yep. speak on behalf of Sean for a second, and those packages, the higher end package are, are, are in the in the $10,000-ish plus range, depending on, you can get different add-ons, but nominally it comes in around around ten k wow. uh, to publish. That's so not, substantial I mean, that's not for the faint of heart. You got to be committed to something to spend ten grand on it. Yeah, I'm very blessed. My wife, uh, who is my business partner, uh, we decided to go all in. We incorporated as a business. We got a, a tax accountant. We, we we decide that this is going to be, um, you know, something that we're going to go uh, full full throttle on. And um, she, thankfully, she's wonderful. She agreed to. Uh, she's a her background is marketing. Okay. So uh, we decide to partner. She do the marketing aspect. I do the writing. And we combine on that to, to hopefully uh, become a force uh, in the industry. That, that that was our aspiration. But in any case, um, yeah, it's not for the faint of heart, but you can, the lower end packages, while still expensive, you can get something in the $3,000 to $5,000 range. And again, it's a la carte. So say, for example, you want less of the marketing aspect. Well, you can pair that off and trim your costs. So it just, it just depends. Understood. The other reason I went with that package is because with that package, you figure, okay, with all this extra marketing with my first book, I'm not going to need that much money spent on that because hopefully I will have learned a thing or two uh, after that. So my success of books. Yeah, it'll, it'll, be, a, it'll be a springboard to the next one. Yeah, Lee, I just want to hop in here. And hi, yeah. PL, nice to meet you. And, and, and Sean, good to see you again. I'm, I heard that number $10,000 and I thought, wow, that's incredibly affordable. I know it's $10,000, but if you consider before self-publishing was an option, it would cost you more than that just to be rejected 10 times. And, and here you have... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, it's, it's, it's a great point, Kevin, and, and nice to hear from you, my friend. Uh, yeah, just to, to quickly opt in there, uh, very much like PL, I looked at the opportunity as kind of starting up a small business. And the, you know, because PL's planning to write more books. And I myself, at least, am planning to write a trilogy. So we're looking, I think PL and I will probably would both agree on this, and I'm, I'm speaking for PL just for a second here, that we probably both looked at it as a business startup. 
is starting a small business because our intent is to move forward with it. And as Kev mentioned, $10,000 for a startup business, you know, yes, it, it is it is a, a, a sum of money, but for a startup business, I mean, for, for people starting their own business, they, they're going to spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars to start up a business. So mm -hmm. we're looking at the aspect of the business continuing, right? I think that's what I'm looking at, and I think PL touched on that as well. Now, when it comes to the when it comes to the marketing aspect of it, um, which is really where the rubber hits the road, because that's how you try to promote sales of of, of your book. What is the what is the core? What is, what is the single most important piece of advice that you could give someone that is trying to market a product like this? Because let's face it, uh, books are out there in the in the tens of thousands to be purchased online. I mean, you just go to Audible, like you just go to Amazon and these places that that I mean, there's so many titles. Um, how do you market something so, or how do they market something for you so that it stands out, hopefully? Um, maybe I'll, I'll just weigh in first, and I'm sure PL sure. Uh, has, has, got, has got something to share here, too. For me, uh, Lee, it's all about networking. I think it's about connecting with the right people, uh, connecting with wonderful people like PL, who have turned into a friend, but he's an amazing contact and who he knows in the industry. I think the more people you connect with, the more great interviews we do like this, the more podcasters we reach, the more bloggers we reach, the more um, eyes we get on our books is that's the best way to start because you're building your foundation. Like PL and I have said many times in the past, like we're in this for the long haul, right? We understand we may need to write a few books to really get the large, a larger audience to really take notice of what we are because of like we've, we've really started from the ground up. So I really do believe it's about networking. It's about connecting with the right people. And it's about having a professional product. Once you've got that product, that's only, that's half the game. The rest of the game now is making sure that the right people right. read your book, get your hands yeah. on your book. So, you know, have fun with it. Have, you know, believe in your product because you're going to have to be able to pitch your product. And, um, you know, just connecting with the right people in the industry is key. And I, I, and I, wouldn't, be able to, I wouldn't have done that without PL. Answer the same question for us, uh, PL. What what is the what is the marketing key, I guess, to to this business? That was very well said by Sean. Um, I would just add, uh, Lee and Kevin, that especially with uh, self-published authors, uh, getting out early and in front of your book. You can't start marketing when your book is out. You need to start marketing approximately a year out. And mm -hmm. as a self-published author, you don't have uh, Freezer Press is a wonderful company, but they're not there to market your book. They're going to give you marketing advice. So uh, what you do with marketing is all on you, on, on what your your particular plan is and what your, what your strategy is. And um, you're reaching out to the bookstores, asking them to stock your book. You're reaching out to the big bookstores like Chapters, etc. You're the one, uh, if you're trying to sell your book, uh, going on social media and putting up ads about your book and, and putting your trailer, your book trailer out. And so it, it's all on you. So my thing is start early and often uh you have to be uh somewhat assertive without being aggressive and without turning people off you know people get tired of hearing you plug their your book constantly constantly buy my book yeah. buy my book right because it's a lot more about that being out there it's more it's about building professional image letting people get to know who you are again as sean mentioned uh so aptly coming on podcasts and interviews and letting people know uh, you know essentially you're marketing your brand not just your book 
your brand and that includes the author themselves so i think that's, uh, yeah. that's that's key well um it seems to me that if you become well known enough that you can get to the point where you are now marketing the author you've you've sort of made it you know you become you become like a grisham people will buy anything he writes just because he's John Grisham. His name becomes bigger than the title and, you know, thing, things like that. So, I mean, if you, get to, if you get to the point where you can just continue to promote uh, P.L. Stewart, I mean, that's sort of like the mountaintop, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, would, I would totally agree. That's, that's really well said. And I, I think what people have to understand about the self-publishing industry, because it is, uh, for some people, it, it's, a, it's a, a bit of an anomaly for some people, and it's something that people aren't really aware of how it works. Um, there are a lot of really successful self-published authors, and there have been a lot of really successful self-published books. And the industry is changing; it's really evolving, and yeah. the, the the credibility of self-publishing has really been raised. Yeah. And there's authors out there that are enjoying the creative freedom uh, of being self-published. Uh, they they don't have people uh, essentially telling them you must write X with your book. Uh, they're also um, you know enjoying the fact that their royalties are higher with uh, publishing uh, through the self-published uh, milieu mm -hmm. and that their timelines to publish books are so much more expedient that they can pump out you know three four five ten books a year there's some really successful self-published authors that are publishing 20 books a year especially in the mystery thriller category yeah and they're making substantially higher higher the return investment is much higher than getting a six-figure advance uh, in terms of getting a book deal yeah, and then not seeing anything until you sell, you know, six thousand dollars worth of books. So. Right. Now let me uh, ask you guys both a question before we have to say goodbye uh, today, um, and you can weigh in in whatever order that uh, that you like. Every day, just about, we hear more and more and more about how the younger generations are using the written word, are using media, are acquiring information, are learning about things, are getting, acquiring their, their entertainment. Um, how, how important is that to understand when you're marketing a book? How many people are buying your books to read online, on Kindles, on Kobos? Uh, how many are buying hard copies? How do you know how many uh, actual tactile pieces of your work that you have to produce. I mean, it's a it's a whole different world of consumerism today for for the written word. Go ahead, Pia. Okay, so uh, so Lee, just to explain. So we get uh, quarterly sales reports or royalty reports through Friesen of what we sell all over the world. So our books are all over the world. Uh, they're they're on Amazon. They're through a BookBub. They're through uh, Kindle. In some cases, Kindle Unlimited, depending on the package. Um, we have also shopped our books to physical bookstores like Chapters. So it's just you have all of these sales reports that come in, and they break down uh, specifically what categories your books are being sold in, i.e., ebooks, um, audiobooks. If you have an audiobook, I know Sean and I are both working on audiobooks, uh, physical hardcovers, soft covers. So you get all these these sales reports, and you can analyze right. uh, how you know what's doing, and obviously respond to that in terms of okay, well. Hardcovers that are selling well, so and I want to make money off of hardcovers because that's where my margins are. So I need to aggressively market, say, hardcovers more and get more hardcovers into chapters, for example. So you can work out a strategy accordingly. I know for me personally, I think Sean's the same. 
uh, we both make a lot of money off of uh, author signed copies because those are very popular uh, for 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 us uh, for whatever reason, maybe based on on the people that we know personally who want to buy our books. Uh, but uh, for me, I think uh, ebooks are more and more becoming uh, the big seller for me, electronic books. Okay, so. Sean. Uh, just a t and that great answer, PL, because, uh, you know, it is, I did find it a little bit difficult early on to really analyze all the different statistics with respect to, you know, where are the books being sold in the world, whether it's Amazon Canada, Amazon US, Amazon UK, and you do get a breakdown every month uh, of how the books are sold. But the one thing I'll just have to add is, um, or I'd like to add is that I'm so lucky that I have a little bit of, you know, media background, knowing how to, how to work on the media platforms, whether it's, uh, filming video, being able to do my own Facebook videos or being able to do my own social media, uh, Twitter videos, for example, mm -hmm. creating reels on Instagram reels, understanding how people are interacting on the social media platforms is very important. Knowing, for example, right now that Instagram stories and Instagram reels are getting a lot more recognition than say, just posting on Instagram. So right off the bat, you want your stuff to be seen by the largest audience that can be seen by. So it's imperative that you understand how to use Instagram reels and Instagram stories. And on Facebook right now, anything with Facebook live, like we're doing today, or anything with respect to Facebook stories, the algorithm is delivering it a lot more than say just posting frequently online which was that's what a lot of people did right i yeah. wanted to post three to five sure. times a day so people saw my stuff so to just to add to what pl said uh it's important to understand yes where you are where your margins are where you're making your money where your royalties are it's also just important to understand how your posts and how your stories and how your videos are delivering on the social media platforms because that's going to determine the biggest impact on how you get sales okay one more quick question to each of you oh uh, Lee, i got one before you let them go too so you ask yours and i'll ask mine okay um one <laughs> one piece of advice for somebody watching this right now that wants to get into the into the writing world want to write their first book one piece of advice. Uh, I would say don't give up because it's a tough industry to crack. Uh, if you can't secure an agent, uh, self-publish. If you are determined to go the traditional road, uh, keep querying until you get an agent and then help with your agent work to get that book deal and okay. just keep going, don't stop. Sean, your turn. Uh, my advice, uh, very, very similar to PLs, is stay true to yourself and never lose track of who you are. Uh, as you mentioned, Lee, and as PL mentioned, you're not selling your, you're not just selling your book, you're selling yourself. So stay true to yourself. People will respect that. Don't try and be something you aren't. Be true to who you are. Kevin? All right, and Lee, I'll just let both of you know that if you are looking to uh, transfer your, your words into an audio book, I know somebody right here, you're oh. looking at them right now, who's very <laughs> proficient and does a lot of business in that world, so might be able to connect you guys. And uh, and Wonderful. PL, for you, a big what's up to uh, to Chatham. I got my uh, my broadcasting career underway at CKSY in Chatham. Oh. And make sure you give a big shout-out to my buddy Chris McLeod, who's running the morning show there. And a lot of the other, Jay Poole and Mike Renier and all those guys are guys that... Uh, you know, we grew up together in the industry. So big what up to all my all my folks out at uh, out at radio and chat. Yeah, if you want to check out uh, you want to check out uh, any of my work, I've got about thirty books up on uh, Amazon right now under the under the pseudonym Lee Winfield, and uh, my first uh, my first novel just uh, was released, uh, the audiobook uh, novel under the Lee Sterry name uh, just this past week. So, uh, yeah, if you ever need anything read. Yeah, congratulations. congratulations. Well done, Lee. Congratulations. Thank you.
That's awesome. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining us. Really appreciate the insight and the information. Good luck with your career. Uh, I realize the commitment it takes when you're working in the back in the corner in the dark by yourself. Uh, and uh, it, it can get lonely sometimes being, uh, uh, being your own producer. But uh, keep at it. Thank you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, guys. Happy holidays. Be safe. Happy holidays. Yeah. Be safe, everyone. Thank Both you. you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Kev. Bye. Thank you. Ah, good, good, uh, good guys. Those are nice guys to meet. Yeah. I love that you can do that now. Yeah, from anywhere. I mean, the stories for us growing up, whenever you hear and talk to successful authors, is how often they got rejected, right? Everybody's oh, story yeah. is, I shopped this, you insert book title here, that then went on to become a screenplay and an Oscar-winning mm -hmm. movie, and I shopped this book everywhere, and I got turned down by everyone, and now... You don't need to yeah. do that. You can invest in yourself, and the uh, the barriers have all been broken down and thanks they, to technology uh, like, and things like freeze like and publishing. Back in those old days, it was like having, I mean, uh, authors were like musicians. You had a you had a deal with a publisher, or you had a deal with a record label, and they would give you an advance to write your book. But then you'd make a deal where you've got to you got to give them maybe five books over the next three years. Well, you might. You might not be into doing five books over the next uh, three years, but they they sort of control you contractually, and the same and that was the same model that broke down uh, in the recording industry and the music side of things. And we see we've seen how that changes. Uh, I mean, pretty much all the artists these days are self self published or self marketed with like Spotify and these these various things. There's some role for the labels, but not. Not as many. So my goodness, there's so 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 many changes in uh, in the delivery of entertainment uh, these days. So Lee and I, speaking of, I mean, it's so easy just to make your own music video nowadays. And Joel Van Vliet, yeah. a very talented singer, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, comedian from Queenston, Niagara Falls area. Uh, he put together a video, a Christmas video, kind of tongue-in-cheek, not coming home for Christmas, and we'll yes. feature that in a minute or so. Not sure if there's anything you wanted to touch on. All I wanted to, all I wanted to do was, uh, again, thank our, uh, our very, very loyal sponsors. Gales Gas, our uh, title sponsor, fueling this program, and uh, I'm looking forward to them doing so again as we roll in toward 2022. It's been a hell of a ride over the last year and a half or so and we appreciate you taking that ride along with us as our title sponsor carlo and the group at performance heating and air also a sponsor of this program we thank you for 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 your stick to itiveness with this uh this new media uh realm that we have entered together verge insurance group as well awesome to have another born and bred niagara company on board here and uh, we are going to take you out uh, into WeStream. Kevin, Brandon, we're, we're not going to see you guys uh, before Christmas. Uh, to my little buddies here, thank you. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays and ho-ho stuff. As my, uh, as, as my three-year-old grandson would say, ho-ho uh, is coming down the chimney uh, any day now. So <laughs> um, we're going to take you out with Joel Van Fleet. Now, I have to warn you. This is this, this is sort of uh, my favorite kind of humor, which is a little bit dark, a little bit uh, tongue in well, a lot tongue in cheek, but uh, it's it's fun anyway. So we're gonna we're gonna play ourselves off the stage with Joel Van Fleet.
and uh, I do wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas, uh, safe and happy holiday, and uh, COVID-free 2022. Cheers. Yep, I, I seriously won't be home for Christmas. I'm, I'm basically in a foreign country at this point. Oh, oh that, that's, that's a train whistle to take me to Toyland or something. I don't know. Don't come over. Don't, uh, don't go over to my house. I'm not there. Probably definitely after Boxing Day. Let, let, let's just say I'll see you next year. What? No, it has nothing to do with you. I just I needed to get away. Look, I gotta run. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 I'm not coming home this year for Christmas I don't even have any decking of halls to do It's a wonderful life But I want to carve myself with a knife When I sit by the tree listening to you You say you're seriously not coming home for Christmas it might be naughty and not nice to say Yup, it might make your Christmas blue But all I want for Christmas is you To shut up I'd rather be home alone for Christmas Especially when you get into the Santa's North Pole Ugh. If you don't shut your mouth hole I'll stuff a stocking down your throat Don't have to hear your latest insight Like midnight mass you bore everyone You bore everyone to tears A star won't guide this wise man home for Christmas I'd love to choke you with tinsel or push your head in a snowdrift Well, maybe Santa's bag as an ornament ball gag You shutting your face would be the perfect Christmas gift Oh, what can I say to avoid coming home this Christmas? I can't find my way cause Rudolph's nose isn't inside I'm stuck under the mistletoe Or I'm sod in a bank of snow It's beginning to look a lot like
Romney.